Welcome to Quick Consult, the podcast that addresses the questions you were most likely to ask or should ask in a consultation with an estate planning attorney. I'm your host, Sarah Josie, an estate planning attorney licensed to practice law in Virginia and North Carolina. All right, let's jump right into today's question. I have a minor child. What do I need to do to make sure the child is taken care of if both my spouse and I pass away? As a mother of three young children, I know how important this question is. If something were to happen to you and the other parent who would raise the child, how would the child be provided for? In movies and books, children often lose their parents in typically a dramatic fashion and end up in some sort of dire situation. I think a really good example of this can be found in Harry Potter. So I'm sure most of my listeners are avid Harry Potter fans, but just in case there's one or two of you who are not familiar with the series, it's about a young wizard named Harry Potter and his adventures as a wizard. But the book starts out, the series starts out with his experience of living with non-wizards. These are people known as muggles. So in the beginning of the book, Harry's parents are killed and he goes to live with his aunt and uncle Petunia and Vernon Dursley. Unfortunately, they were not a good fit. They forced him to live in the cupboard under the stairs, refused to celebrate his birthday, and they never introduced him to the world of magic, which was an important part of his parents, Lily and James, life. So his childhood was was difficult. Um, And sometimes I like to reflect on that and think, well, what would have happened if Harry had chosen or excuse me, if Harry's parents had chosen uh, a guardian for him, if they had done even just some basic estate planning. So let's pretend that Harry's parents did do some basic estate planning. And at the time that this planning was done, they were living in either Virginia or North Carolina, and they went to visit a muggle attorney. And let's say that they went to see one of the attorneys at Select Law Partners, so we know that they received a comprehensive and good estate plan. I imagine that they spoke with the attorney about lots of different things, but one of the key parts of the conversation definitely would have centered around who would be a good fit for Harry, especially in their unique situation where, you know, they're living between two worlds, they have unique values, These are all things that they should have discussed together and with their attorney. I think that after those discussions, the most likely choice for Harry's guardian would have been his godfather, Sirius Black. Sirius Black was an individual who was very close with the Potters, but he was not a blood relation. But he knew the Potters well, and he would have raised Harry in a world of magic, just like Lily and James would have raised him. So I understand that you're probably not dealing with issues of magical world versus non-magical world. Um, So let's talk about maybe some factors that are important to you or, or things that you should think about when trying to decide on the guardian. I think that the biggest hurdle to get past, uh, even before considering some of these factors I'm going to discuss with you today, is to understand that you're not going to find a perfect choice. 
there isn't going to be any individual who can parent the same way you parent, loves the children the same way you love your children. Um, So you're not going to find that perfect answer. And I know through conversations with my husband um, that that was an an issue for both of us that we had to kind of get over and get past um, and try to figure out, okay, we're not going to find the perfect fit, but who is the best fit under the circumstances right now? So when you're having that conversation with your spouse or your significant other and you're trying to come up with a decision, um, I, I think that these are some factors that you should consider as well. The first factor is the age of the guardian. It's really common for uh, families to come in and want to name a grandparent as the guardian of their minor child or children. And I can understand why that may be. Um, A grandparent is likely gonna raise the child in a similar way um, that you would raise the child if if you enjoyed your childhood. Um, and it's someone who's going to likely share similar values to you. But you really want to be careful here. Um, obviously, this individual, the grandparent, most likely is, is not going to outlive you. Um, and you don't want to be in a situation where you, you don't have any guardian named. Um, and you have to really pay close attention to how they're aging. Are they physically able to keep up with your toddler or your newborn? Uh, mentally, how are they doing? So it's something that, it's it's not that I won't name a grandparent for clients, I have done so in the past, but I just always lead with that word of caution. That the client's really gonna have to do their due diligence and stay on top of uh, what's going on in their life um, and what's going on with, the, with their parents to ensure that they can continue to act as guardians. I also uh, try to insist that they choose an alternate guardian as well. So just in case that grandparent does pass away beforehand or there's some other issue, the court has another guardian to look to to take over um, in the event of of the parents passing other than the grandparents. So age is something that's important to consider. Um, And ideally, you've chosen someone around your age or someone younger than you, either as the primary guardian or as the alternate guardian. The next thing to consider is the relationship with the child. Um, Has this guardian known your child long, um, seen them on a regular basis, um, have any sort of relationship with them? These are all important factors. Now, you may have a newborn or a toddler, so maybe there's not been that opportunity for the relationship to develop just yet. Um, And if that's the case, then maybe you instead focus on people or individuals who have similar values and interests as you do. So people who are most likely to develop that relationship with your children down the road. And keep in mind as well, if if you are listening to this and feeling like, oh, I wanted to name family, but when I'm hearing these factors, there's really a close friend, but will that close friend always be my close friend? I don't know if I should put them in my estate planning documents. Keep in mind that your documents are flexible. Nothing's gonna be set in stone, so you could name a close friend now, and if five years later that's not the right choice, you can always come in and have it amended. So I encourage you to think about you know, what's going on now so long as you are the type of person who's going to pay attention and update the documents if it's required down the road. 
another thing to consider is the guardian's willingness to serve. Uh, sometimes, you know, couples will come in, they've had the conversation with each other, they're ready to name a guardian, but they haven't discussed it with the guardian. A guardian is not required to serve under the will, it's just a nomination. So you're telling the court who you want to serve, but it doesn't require that individual to serve. So be sure that that individual is willing to serve and wants to serve as guardian um, in the event that that's required. And then the last factor I'm gonna mention to you today, uh, but is obviously not the only factors, these factors are just kind of the tip of the iceberg, but just to get you know, the juices flowing so you can think about uh, different things to discuss with your own attorney. The, the last factor to kind of consider is the guardian's financial situation. So it's not a requirement that the guardian, you know, be extremely wealthy or even middle class, but you do want to try to choose somebody who has steady employment, ideally a home or apartment, um, whatever it may be, that's going to be able to take the children. Um, so, you know, if you name a guardian that's living in a one bedroom apartment, that might not be the most ideal situation if you have especially two, three, four children, um, that just may not be realistic. Um, so if, if you are in a situation though where you have a perfect aunt or uncle and you think to yourself, um, oh, that would be great, but financially they're just not as well off, they're not gonna be able to provide the same environment that we would provide and that's a concern for us, then you should talk to your attorney about potentially leaving the guardian a lump sum gift. This lump sum gift can help them with acquiring a larger home. It can help them with acquiring a larger vehicle. These are all things uh, that you should discuss with the attorney, um, especially depending on the size of your estate. We don't wanna leave too large of a gift that it takes away from your child's inheritance, for example, in a way that would be detrimental. Uh, so there's a lot of factors to think about there and to consider. So once you figure out who your guardian should be, the next consideration should really be who is your trustee. So the guardian is responsible for your child's person. This is the individual who is going to be raising your child, making the day-to-day -day decisions, you know, discipline, encouragement, all of those things. The trustee is the individual who is managing their money. This person can be the same person, so the guardian and trustee can be the same, they can be different people. Uh, I often encourage my clients to choose different people, although they don't have to. Uh, the reason being is because usually someone who is a better parental figure may not always be someone who would be best for managing the assets. Unfortunately, the time that we have set aside for today is not going to allow me to talk about guardian and trustee. So I'm going to end it here with having just discussed the trustee, excuse me, with having just discussed the guardian. But the next episode, I will talk to you about the trustee and the trustee's role. So please tune into that. Um, and I hope that today's episode gave you some good questions for you to ask your estate planning attorney um, and good conversation starters for you to have with your spouse or significant other. Um, and obviously, and you should reach out to an attorney in your jurisdiction uh, to put a plan into place uh, to give you the necessary peace of mind. 
So until next time, I'm Sarah Josie wishing you and your family all the best wishes and health and of course the best planning. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit selectlawpartners.com. The information in this episode is provided for general informational purposes only and may not reflect the current law in your jurisdiction. You understand that there is no attorney-client relationship between you and the host or any select law partner's attorneys. No information contained in this episode should be construed as legal advice from the host or select law partners, nor is it intended to be a substitute for legal counsel on any subject matter.